Good morning! Welcome to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We look forward to having you on the show. This morning's episode is titled, Who Can Tell a Man What Shall Be After Him Under the Sun? It shall be focused on a study of Ecclesiastes chapter 6. Before we go any further, we'll begin with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for Your Word that You've spoken to us out of today. We pray, Father, asking, Lord, that You may correct us of what, of what we have need of correction. And for in Timothy, we're told that all Scripture is inspired from proof, sound doctrine. And so, Lord, may You accomplish Your purpose in our lives today. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Up next, we shall listen to Ecclesiastes chapter 6. Chapter 6 There is an evil which I have seen under the sun, and it is common among men. A man to whom God hath given riches, wealth, and honor, so that he wanteth nothing for his soul of all that he desireth. Yet God giveth him not power to eat thereof, but a stranger eateth it. This is vanity, and it is an evil disease. If a man beget an hundred children, and live many years, so that the days of his years be many, and his soul be not filled with good, and also that he have no burial, I say that an untimely birth is better than he. For he cometh in with vanity, and departeth in darkness, and his name shall be covered with darkness. Moreover, he hath not seen the sun, nor known anything. This hath more rest than the other. Yea, though he live a thousand years twice told, yet hath he seen no good. Do not all go to one place? All the labor of man is for his mouth, and yet the appetite is not filled. For what hath the wise more than the fool? What hath the poor that knoweth to walk before the living? Better is the sight of the eyes than the wandering of the desire. This is also vanity and vexation of spirit. That which hath been is named already, and it is known that it is man. Neither may he contend with him that is mightier than he. Seeing there be many things that increase vanity, what is man the better? For who knoweth what is good for man in this life, all the days of his vain life which he spendeth as a shadow? For who can tell a man what shall be after him under the sun? Up next... We shall listen to a sermon by Reverend William Branham. This is titled, The Flashing Red Light of the Sign of His Coming. This was preached in 1963 on June the 23rd in the evening. We'll begin at paragraph 32 up to paragraph 125. I trust you'll find it to be a blessing. And tonight, I wish to announce my subject as uh, after I, I read uh, God's Word found in St. Matthew's Gospel, the 24th chapter of the Gospel according to St. Matthew. The 24th chapter. And let's begin now at the 32nd verse and read the Scripture. Now learn a parable of the fig tree when his branches is yet tender and put forth leaves. You know that summer is nigh. 
so likewise ye, when you shall see all these things, know that it is near even at the door. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all these things shall be fulfilled. Heavens and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. But of the day and of the hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but the Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Now, in our reading we find tonight, as we read, that the first part of this chapter reads that the disciples called him apart upon the mount, mountain and said to him, What will be the sign of the end of the world? What will be the sign of your coming? And when will there come a time there won't be one stone left on the other on the temple? Now, he goes on to answer. See, here at the first verse, Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him to show him the building of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See not all these things? Verily I say unto you, There shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And his disciple, and as he said upon the mount, pardon, as he said upon the mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us when these things shall be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming, and of the end of the world. See, they asked three questions, and he answers back three questions. When will there come a time there won't be one stone left on another? What's the sign of your coming? And what about the end of the world? And many, I believe, that we brethren make mistakes by trying to apply it all to his coming. But he's answering three different questions that was asked. Why will it be the time that there won't be one of these stones left on another? When will this thing be? And what will be the sign of your coming? And what will be at the end of the world? See, three different questions, and he starts off answering one about when the stones will be left, not one upon another, and then after he finishes that question, then he starts off with the sign of his coming, and then goes into the end of the world. Now, we notice here one of the things that I wish to speak on tonight is the, the flashing red light of the sign of his coming. And we're going to dwell tonight upon the days of Noah. So shall it be at the coming of the Son of Man. And uh, this struck me the other day, and I thought maybe I'd try to tape this and uh, speak on this and writing down several scriptures here that I would like to refer to maybe and read in a little bit. But now, our Lord Jesus was asked this question, and he gave them the sign of his coming. And then immediately he said this, Heavens and earth will pass away, but my word shall not pass away. And then he said, Learn a parable of the fig tree when it's putting forth its branches, 
you know that summer's nigh. So when you see these things coming to pass or being made manifest, know that the time is at hand. And this generation shall not be done away until all these things shall come to pass. What generation? The generation that's seen the apostasy that we're going to speak of tonight. So when we think of uh, my text as a flashing red light of his coming, it reminds me of waiting at a railroad station. And when a man or people stand around, as many of us has, when we're waiting to catch the train, and we can't hear the train, or you don't see him, but you know it, it's time, maybe the dispatcher says he's a, a little late. He's not exactly at the time, but we don't know just when, but he will uh, arrive soon. And we'll walk around in the station with our hands in our pockets and sitting on our suitcases and go out and buy a bag of peanuts and talk to the, somebody across the street. But all of a sudden, we see something happen. There's a noise takes place out of the track. And when we did, uh, the arm goes down and the red light begins to flash. What is that? The train is in the blocks. Though you can't hear him, though you can't see him, but yet that flashing red light and that arm down shows that he's coming in. Amen. And then if you're expecting to leave on that train, you better throw that bag of peanuts down, stop your talking, get up your suitcases and get ready or you'll be left behind. Because he's just stopping locally, just for a few moments. And he'll be gone. If you still stand a chat the neighbor across the street, you'll be left behind. How much more is it then when we see a flashing signal that is in the blocks. Your old gospel train is passing by pretty soon. And as we study tonight all this great text flashing signal as our Lord set up on the mountain and told him these things would take place as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. Now, we want to go back for a little piece and find out if we can find anything in this day that resembles the days of Noah. And then we can tell then where we are in that day that our Lord spoke of. See if we can find just any resemblance of the days of Noah. In order to do this, I think we ought to go back to the book of Genesis to the days of Noah. And if you will turn with me, if you will, in the scripture, back to Genesis, the sixth chapter, and that's the days of the flood, and the morals and the condition of that day, Genesis, the sixth chapter. Now we want to read, see, and compare that day with this day. Notice. And it came to pass when man began to multiply upon the face of the earth. 
the very first word presents us with the absolutely flashing light that the day is at hand. For there has never been a time in all the history that there's ever been so many people and so quickly multiplying as we have today. Until it's hard to get a place to stay. And uh, so many people multiplying upon earth, the science says that if it continues to multiply like it has been in 20 years, there won't even be food on the earth for the people. Reader's Digest, I believe it was, that quoted that, that there won't even be food for the people that are multiplying so fast. We can look around and see that the places that used to be wilderness has turned into cities. And yet, birth control is on its greatest rampage it ever was. I believe it was said of Chicago, I hope I don't misquote these figures, but actually registered cases, 30,000 abortion cases every 60 days in Chicago. Abortion cases every 60 days registered. How about those who's never registered? Just in one big 4 million population city, what about the world? And yet the population is so crowded until they, they can't even uh, take care of it. In India, they're trying to become, to uh, make interrupt the human part of man and make them become sterile, that children cannot be born because they are in, on the increase so. 470 million at this time in India. How about China, where uh, the increase is greater, Russia, and the many countries of the world? When man begins to multiply upon the face of the earth, see, now we're taking back to the antiluvian uh, time. And daughters were born unto them. And the sons of God saw the daughters of man that they were fair. And they took unto them wives all which they chose. And the Lord said, my spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be a, a hundred and twenty years. And there were giants in the land in those days. And also after them the sons of God came to the daughters of man, and they bare children to them, and the same became mighty men which were of old renowned. Oh, what a, a subject that we got here. See, now, one of the first things I want you to notice that the, the sons of God saw the daughters of man that they were fair. Now, I don't, I'm pointing this at the whole world. But there never has been a time on the earth, as I can think, only that time, that there ever was such a, a wholesale beauty among women. And you can remember some of you elderly women and some of you people, man, that can remember back years ago that how it was seldom you found a pretty woman. But today, you don't find any, but what is pretty? It's because that they have 
come to a place of all this bobbing their hair and makeup and, and all kinds of uh, sexy clothes and things, they can present themselves in such a way. And that is another thing, the hand of time has turned it back according to the scripture. And women are constantly on the increase of being pretty. I can remember when I was a little boy in school and turn and look at the little children today, the little girls coming on. I can look, think of women when I was a young man and look at the girls today. I remember to be one popular girl. That's not been over 25 years ago. One popular girl, a pretty girl. And pretty every boy wanted to go with this girl because she was the queen of the, of the group. Maybe in the whole city there'd be two or three of those women. Now the whole thing's become pretty. All of them. That's the full fill the scripture and a red light flashing at the time is at hand. They've invented such stuff as lipstick and, and makeup that a woman that isn't so fair, she can still make herself pretty by the uh, all the facelifts and the uh, the things that they do to make themselves pretty. Max Baxter runs day and night. And there's more spent on cosmetics in America in a year for, to make the women pretty than there is spent at the grocery store. That's right. I forget how many billion dollars each year spent for cosmetics to fair our women. Now, I'm saying nothing against that. I'm just showing you that it is a flash of red light that the time is at hand. For Jesus said himself, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. See? The same thing. Notice, when people begin to multiply, many people, the daughters of man were there, and the sons of God looked upon them and took them wise. Now that's not my own saying, I'm reading it out of the Bible where Jesus said for us to go back to Genesis and compare these days together. The multiplication of people and the beauty of women. Now that's a great sign. Now the warning, Jehovah's warning, the third verse. And the Lord said immediately after this took place, remember, the Holy Spirit wrote the Bible. And Jesus was empowered with the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And he spoke only by the Holy Spirit. Amen. And the scriptures are written by the Holy Spirit. And the very one who wrote Genesis 6 told us in Matthew 24 to know when the time was now to go back to Genesis 6 and compare it. Amen. Multiplying of people upon the earth and yet the birth control and all of the things that goes on, don't even check it. It's going just the same because we're at the end time. Amen. And then notice immediately there come a time that it said the women was very fair, very pretty. And we check that with this and can prove it. Now I was looking at some pictures uh, long ago on their forefathers when they crossed the plains and I can't call the, the woman's name, but her name was known from 
San Francisco to, to Boston of being the most fairest woman in the land. Pearl White, I believe, was her name. Uh, many years ago, she was killed by her lover, Scott Jackson. And if you'd see the woman's picture of being the most fairest lady of the land, you would hardly look at her. She'd look like an antique out here on the street. Almost any woman you could touch any way you want to would be three times prettier than her. Any woman today that you'd catch just going down the street. See, it's an increase. Beauty for women. And then I wonder if our women realize this and can that's the reason I want this tape to go that that you mustn't put uh, we want you to be pretty but we want you to be natural we don't want you to be superficial some of these pretty women if you duck them in a wash tub a while and wash them up they might look a little different and, and dress them like they should be dressed but they 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 don't do it and you can't tell them no different and we're going to get to that after a while but this is the, the red light flash. And remember, when people begin to multiply upon the earth and the women got fair, it was that hour, it was at that time that the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with me. Amen. Amen. You see the clutch? You see the hand of God? My spirit, the daughter's of man were bare, and they tuck unto them wives, and he said, Then my spirit will not always strive with man. A lot of these days. Now, the fourth verse. And there were giants in the earth in those days. And also after that the sons of God came unto the daughters of man, or, or the daughters of man, and they bare them children, to, to them, and the same became mighty men, which were of old renown. Did you notice? It never said nothing about marriage. Notice, the sons of God came unto the daughters of man. Nothing about marriage. And if you take in the original Greek there, the word meaning, uh, 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 says, uh, I've got it wrote down here somewhere, uh, wife, taken to them wives in the third verse, taken to them wives in the Greek. I looked it up this afternoon. It didn't say take to them wives. It said talk to them women, not wives. Now you check it with your with your uh, the emphatic diglot and watch if that isn't true. Taken unto them women, not wives. They took them just as they were, free lovers, like we have today. Other words. They were lovers in that day just as they are now. They Amen. went any way they wanted to and took any woman that they could. Amen. And when the sons of God... Now, many of them says here that that was the fallen angels and so forth, and uh, them men and women, but to show that it is wrong, it's absolutely wrong. The Bible doesn't say anywhere about angels being either men or women. And besides, there's never a, a woman spoke of as being an angel in the Bible. Never. Now, if you want scripture of that, Matthew 22, 20, and so forth, you can find it. Now, that, that there is no such a thing as a woman angel. That's the reason that a woman preacher, angel is a messenger. 
And it's, uh, and it's uh, an angel is a messenger, and there is no such. But you see, the day has changed today like it was then. I've got some historical points wrote down here we wish to get to in a few minutes. Notice women uh, of that day in the days of Noah must have been the talk of the day. See, the sons of God saith, saith son, saw the daughters of Cain, that they were beautiful. Wow! They were wicked. And they were daughters of Cain. When the sons of God saw the daughters of man, they were fair, they took unto them women. Then the sons of God fell from their estate with God and become woman chasers. Amen. And if that ain't the picture of the day, I don't know what Amen. is. Amen. That is true. Amen. Man, even look at our churches today. Look at everything you wished you Notice it. Everywhere it looked in that day must have been pretty women. Man became slaves to them, says history. That man became actually slaves to the women because they were so pretty that they become slaves. They literally made shrines and worship. And this thing, they literally worship female flesh and blood. In that day, that's history. And compare that with today. It's the same thing, my brother. Men actually worship women. Why, in our own country, Mrs. Kennedy is twice thought of what the president is. That's right. And if you always talk about a man, if he's got an attractive wife, that's it. And now they say that about the driving, you hear them say the women is the safest drivers. That's wrong. Because I'll tell you why. Billy and I crossing this United States with a first-hand condition. We put a, a little map up in our car, a little tablet, and wrote man and woman. And every time a woman made the wrong, we put a mark on her side, and a man made one, we put one on his side. And out of 300 what we call boo-boos pulled on the road, that you'd be surprised. There were 280 women to 19 men. But you know why? They don't get that in the police courts. The police won't rest the pretty girl. One out of a thousand. She'll get her telephone number, but he won't rest her. And that's just the way it's... And I wonder the records doesn't show it. See? Because man today is like it was in the days of Noah. They bow to the shrine of pretty women. Right. Oh... Wow, how it must have been awful in that day. Worship as a uh, females flashing themselves in such an attractive way. And if they were any better on doing it then than they are now, I'm glad I didn't live then. Think of, of how that they only, how the women has got to act in the same as they do now. Notice the Bible said they eat and they drink. Now that's, that's legitimate. Sure, marriage is honorable. 
Oh, man marry a woman. That's honorable. That's instituted of God. But when it comes to a time that man will take another man's wife or take some young woman or some woman that no matter who she is and break his marriage vow and do something that's wrong, it's sinful in the sight of God. And the Bible speaks very hardly against it. Now, notice it said that marriage, God instituted that in Eden. But he certainly condemned adultery. And these men and women in that day bypassed the laws of God and took it upon themselves and done it anyhow. Amen. Now compare that with today. Amen. Look at it. You ought to see the trains in the block. Take a good deep think of that now. As the infallible Jesus Christ said these words. See? And notice, the Bible said here, they eat and they drink, of course, with their pretty women. Now, when you realize that that's all right, eating and drinking, that's one of the natural laws of life. We have to do it. But when that's all upon your mind, the day the people just become gluttons, drunk, women, drinking in the restaurants, and you go into a place where the, the highballs and cocktails are served, the women out drink the man. Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, they were eating and drinking and giving in marriage. In other words, they were living with the women without being married to them. Amen. And today, why it's so instituted, they did have a reno that you could get married and divorced and married again all the same day. But that's way out of date now. The, the husbands, so-called, and wives pack different keys to their rooms in these big cities. Now, I travel. I, I'm right in the cities and know it to be true. That the husband has his dates and the wife has her dates. Oh, it's such a conglomeration of, of rottenness until it's produced a bunch of, of soft, lazy, no good, uh, hell Bound generation. A few years ago, look where man has got to in his body. Look where he's got to about the things he's done. Science is constantly trying to make a better food, hybrid corn and hybrid tomatoes, hybrid beef, when the stuff's no good at all. It's killing the people, and they don't realize it. Why, in a few more years, there'll be nothing but just a, a bunch like a jellyfish. Fifty years ago, ball games went on just as they do now, and you never heard of anybody getting hurt. But now they kill a dozen or two a year. A ball hit a man, he it ain't nothing in him but hold his life in him. He's like a guinea. You hit him, he's so soft, he's dead. Bob Fitzsimmons fought a uh, carpet. I believe they fought 125 rounds one afternoon. Bare-fisted. When those men with such punch in their arms to take a tube of four at four inches and bust that tube of four with nothing but callous fists that slept with their hands in vinegar to make their fists hard. And a, a round wasn't a little two or three minute round like we have today. They didn't have a feather bed tied over their mitts. And nobody got killed. And they thought a round was a knockdown. You had to knock the man down. And they fought 125 knockdowns. They were mad. And today they're going to have to stop the art of boxing.
person. One with a feather bed over their arm and over their fist. Can't fight a two or three rounds without somebody getting killed. What's the matter? He's made up out of a bunch of, I don't know, soft, muck, hybrid, nothing till the whole generation is dying. Did not the Bible say that? Did they get weaker and wiser? Why had another race of people coming on me to live out of a capsule? Take a capsule for their dinner. It's nothing but a bunch of cigarette smoking, whiskey drinking, cocktail running, a bunch of dope addicts. Shots, teenage children in school and juvenile delinquency. No wonder her mother out on the street acting the way she does throws a child into the same thing. Pity. Women. Increase. Social life broke down. Oh my, what a great thing in the day we're living in. How they do this, it's un get by with that. They won't get by with it. What are they doing? Just as they did then, they're making the commandments of God a mock. God said, Thou shalt not commit adultery. But they show that they can do it and get by with it. They think they're going to get by with it, but they'll never do it. Maybe you oughtn't to come listen to this. <laughs> However, God said that this would be the time that the red light would be flashing. Jesus said so. Now, what a, a sin that they are doing and laughing at sin. Many times, that the very thing that this Bible calls immoral, the world today calls virtue. When you take uh, your young girls and strip their clothes off of them and put them out there with little shorts on and slacks and things and walk them down the street, and they think that's virtuous, that the girl can display her female flesh when the Bible says it's sin. Horrible. But the world calls it virtue. See, they're making the commandments of God, and the church says nothing about it. Amen. It's time that somebody rose in the name of righteousness, in the name of Jesus Christ, and put a stamp on this. Amen. Amen. Sometime we're going to answer for you at the day of the judgment. Amen. Now, if this sounds old and foggy to somebody, check back a few years and look what's going on now. And then imagine a future. There is no future but the coming of the Lord. Notice, check these antediluvian females with the stride of today. Check what they were. Check what the sons of God did. Check what they do today. I was sitting at a convention not long ago. And it broke me down almost there. When all the, everybody seemed to be just enjoying a minister's talk. They were standing on the platform, and I was sitting over in the corner, and there was a, a young lady come in, and she was really dressed bad. And she come walking up through this church, as the Bible says, mincing as she went. And every preacher on the platform, plus the congregation,
turning your head and looking following this girl. And I thought of this scripture. The sons of God looked upon the daughters of man. Sinners. Ungodly, pretty women. Oh, it's tore a many churches to pieces. It took the Spirit of God away. Notice, looked upon the daughters of man. Now, remember, the infallible Jesus Christ stated these things would be this way in this day. And he said, when you see these things come to pass, then you know that the time is at the door. Now, there isn't many people who say that. There's many preachers who couldn't say that. He could if he would. But if he would, the congregation would take him out. That's exactly the truth. But here's one thing. A man's call of God, he'll stay with that Bible. I don't care what he has to do. You must remember that it's the truth. And the truth either binds or sets free. And this is exactly what Jesus Christ said. The sons of God fell because of beautiful forms and faces of the daughters of man. And that's just exactly what we got today. Same thing again. Now compare that day. Multiplication of people. The women getting fair. The sons of God falling. Marriage and giving in marriage. Divorce cases. Living in adultery. And so forth. While you say, Brother Branham, just a minute. I don't know. Listen, brother. Just before you say something, listen to this. Jesus Christ said that whosoever looketh upon a woman to lust after her has committed adultery with her already in his heart. And when you see when a man walks out of his office, walks out of the church, walks out of his house, strikes the street, what do you see but a display on every side of flesh and blood of females? Form-fitting, pretty-face-tempted. That's what God said would take place. When that taken place, then the time was at the door. As it was in the days of Noah, when the sons of God saw the daughters of man and began to take unto them women. See, there you are. Now watch. We find that the same thing today. We see in the history that such sex appeal they had in then until the sons of God made unto themselves Shrines of women. That's just Venus and so forth. See? They they made shrines and bowed to thee. Well, you say, Brother Random, we don't have such things as that today. You couldn't compare that with this day. I beg your pardon. I believe it's worse today than it was then. Amen. What do we see? TV. You can't even pick up a newspaper. But everything that you see is spread the females. Pretty women. On every whiskey package, in magazines, sexy, immoral dress, all the TV is, everything is some sexy dressed woman, some pretty woman. And we find out on every, on cigarette advertisement, everything that you can look at, you find that it's some attractive woman. You can't even see the advertisement of a pair of silk stockings unless you see some kind of a thin shaped legs going through it. That's right. Well, what is it? Why is it? 
I remember a man I worked for, Chris Meister, up here on the corner. Many of you remember Chris Meister. His wife, Lillian, her name was Lily, um, I think of an Elwinger. And when she, a man, come over, she's a beautiful girl, and a man wanted to get permission from her father to put her face, her picture, her profile on a box of candy. And this old German Luther stood to his feet and he said, that's an insult to me to put my daughter's picture on a box of candy to be spread across the country. What about the day when the billboards, the television, everything you see is immoral, vulgar, sexy, ungodly looking Right. What is it? The train, the old, sh- the old train is in her blocks now. The Bible said so. Should be coming pretty soon. We hear the sound. We talk about other things about it. But remember, this is another flash. One of the flashes is flashing before us today. Oh, we see the national condition. We see the political disturbance. We see the church situation. We preach on all that. But this is something new. It's something's not very popular to be spoken on, but it must be done. For there's got to be a voice crying out. Remember the very words I say tonight will meet me out of the judgment. Amen. I seen this woman not long ago in the vision, the Lord showed me, see her die. That I can't ever think of that woman's name. She's Marilyn Monroe. And I've never seen her, I don't go to movies. But I I I'd seen the girl and she was attractive. And she was trying to get to something. She was dying. Had a heart attack. And the Lord said, Now you say that she died just at 4 o'clock. She did not commit suicide. said, But you can say she died at 4 o'clock. Because it's just a few seconds before 4. And there I seen where they found her. And I told Billy, I told the family, the ones that was with me about it. And a few days after, it was Marilyn Monroe that died. Now, when I was in Canada the other day, my kids kept telling me, over a certain place where a lady let us have the house had a television. And they said, there's going to be a play called The River of No Return. That's the river I fish on all the time. And Don Smith, a friend of mine, takes that tour. Said they made a movie of it and said, Daddy, maybe that Mr. Smith is on the program. Would you like to look at it? Well, I said, when I come back from Canada, if I make it in time, I'll look at it. Well, when the play did come on, I went over to see it, went to see it. And when I did, who was playing in it but Marilyn Monroe? Now, there she was, after being dead a year or more, there she was, all sexy dressed. There was her voice, upon still playing, and will be for years and years, upon that magnetic tape. If that magnetic tape holds her action, when, if she could look from where she is tonight, I trust she's saved, but I don't know that's to God. But if she can look back, she cannot deny that. She can't deny this because we've got it. How much more has God got ever move, ever action upon his great supreme faith? That'll be, we cannot get out of it. It's right there. And remember, if there was a microphone sitting right here where this is, and I was broadcasting out to the world, the people around the world would hear my voice before it even got across this pulpit to you. That's in the electronics of the of the world. And you know that voice never dies. It'll never die. Science claim in twenty years if they can progress as they have now, 
that they'll pick up the literal voice of Jesus Christ when he was on earth. And yeah. 20 years from now, because it's like dropping a pebble in a pond. The little waves may finally fade out of your sight, but science claims they go back to one bank, across the ocean to another, and back and forth, and they never die. And neither does the words that you speak. They'll meet you in the day of the judgment and will condemn you or save you. And you'll never be Hallelujah. And we're very conscious. It's coming right through this room now. It's pictures of people. If you don't believe it, turn on the television. And there's voices of people. Yet our senses won't pick them up. Now they've got a sanding station and a magnet pole or tube or crystal that picks up those voices and reproduces them. And now the only thing the Bible is, is this, the word of Jesus Christ that he spoke. And they're literally alive just like any other word is in the world tonight. Now, if your heart has been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ and becomes a receiving set from that sending set, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and does the same things that he did. Because his words can't die. They're living forevermore. They don't have to pick up a set or 20 years from now. We receive it right now. Hallelujah. Now, there you are, living in this great day that we're living in, near the coming of the Son of Man and the lights are flashing everywhere of his coming. We see it in politics. We see it in the church. We see it in the time. We see it everywhere we look. We see the sun don't look like it used to. The world's out of cater. They tell me right now at the North Pole up in there that the sea has become, I forget how much deeper than it used to be. The barren straits, you could walk across them. Now it's many, many, many feet deep in the barren straits. Why? The earth is swelling in the middle. It's getting shallow out here where it was deep and getting deep up here where it was shallow. The world is completely out of cater. She's toddling. She's weaving. All nature is giving in. And everything that we can see. And then uh, tonight we find out that the very nature itself is producing in the human race the sign of his coming. For the sons of God and the daughters of man becoming fair. And how they're taken unto them a women. What an hour that we're living in. Oh, my, how it was in that day. Then we see in the history of this great shocking thing of man worshiping women. And we find out today it's a woman's world. I was in Switzerland not long ago, and I was talking to you. Now, nothing against our Christian women. No, sir, they're jewels. I'm talking about the run of the world. There was a lady riding along with me, Brother Gukabule. And his girlfriend that he was going with, he's a man about, about pretty near my age, never been married, an old bachelor. He was going with some young lady, and then one of the girls from there, and she said, Brother Branham, tell us about America. We understand that the women over there, it's a woman's world over there. Sure enough, I said, that's right. Said, I've always wanted to go. Then I began to explain to her. She said, what? And I said, yes. It changed her opinion right away. Well, she said, how could you live a Christian life in such a place as that then? Think of it. When I went into, into Rome and was down to San Angelo, the catacombs, it was a shocking. When I stepped out of my hotel and went down to where that place called Three Coins in a Fountain, the women on the street of how immoral, the women walking up and asking you to take them out on a date. All sorts, sizes, and kinds. 
And I'll forget how many come to Billy and I and Brother Baxter before we could get down to the pool. And the man from the TWA that was showing us around. I said, does those women have to live like that? I said, no. When the soldiers over here, they got used to it. And they, yet they got a good job, yet they continue on. But even in a place like that, when I got to the spot of San Angelo, there was a great big sign there out from the Vatican that said, a notice to American women, please put on clothes before you come in and give honor to the dead. I've seen an American girl get off in Paris, where it's actually one of our fashions used to come from Paris. But that girl was so immorally dressed with her father and her mother until soldiers that was working out there dropped their picks and shovels and around there and looked over the scene to watch this American girl pass. We set the pace of fashion. It used to be Paris, but now they come here to get the vulgar, low-down filth. Amen. And this nation where a revival had just passed through of the baptism of the Holy Spirit Amen. with the lovely Lord Jesus showing his signs and wonders of mercy Amen. and speaking as it was in the hands of blood and the Amen. lights of flashing from side to side. Amen. A God that can raise the dead from his dead. Amen. A God that can heal the sick. Amen. A God that can tell Amen. things before it comes to pass and make it perfect on the dollar every time without failure. Hallelujah. And you can preach to our women in America and they get worse every year. Bombay, I mean in Durban, South Africa, where there were some 200,000 natives gathered out to the meeting when the great miracle that God performed. And I've seen 30,000 blanket natives, women standing there with a four-inch clout of beads only in hanging down in front. And uh, the man, no clothes on, the four-inch clown, naked, a blanket that they slept on, a goat skin. They're giving it to them when they're a certain age, and then they live in that, sleep in that, wrap up in that, and die and buried it in a corral somewhere. And I've seen those women so primitive till a woman give birth to a baby sitting 20 foot from me. She never went to a hospital. The, a woman helped her there a minute, and about five minutes, it's all over. She picked up the baby and held it to her bosom for it to nurse. That primitive. But when they see the power of Almighty God come upon a boy who was so afflicted, and not even in his right mind, and he raised up in his right mind, giving praise to God. 30,000 blanket natives received Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. What happened? You remember that's 10 times bigger than Pentecost. 30,000. And nobody, I watched those women with my own eyes when they fell up on the ground breaking their idols, giving their lives to Jesus Christ. They didn't know, they probably never heard his name, many of them. But when they fell upon their, their knees, and I asked them if they were sincere about it, minute to break their idols, and they broke their idols. And when they fell on their knees, they'd give their lives to Christ while I prayed for them. And they rose back up, and those women who would stand with their arms down, not knowing they were naked, as soon as the life of Christ touched their life, I've seen those women fold their arms and walk out of the presence of man. 
And if the touch of Jesus Christ will do that to a blanket native, what are to do to a nation to the gospel for the I seen that. That's not what somebody else said. I seen that. It's strange then that we call ourselves Christians and each year take more off. And the churches seem to care nothing about it. TV program. Oh, make female flesh and blood. They are not gods. They're not goddess. But it sets America in exactly order to fulfill the scripture. Amen. America's number is 13. America's shrine is a woman. Always. It's on her money. It's on everything. And now it certainly brings into a time that we're going to have American goddess too. Not too far away. Amen. You can see the handwriting on the wall. Oh, what are we going to do? You can't even walk out upon the street and find, look out on the street, start downtown and just see at the display of women. How that they make themselves with clothes on that honest to goodness a woman ought to be ashamed to stand in her dressing room like that. Walking out upon the streets so tight and a little bitty clothes on it. And out on these bathing beaches with these little kiddies or everyone they caught it on and such things as that and not knowing that in them is a spirit of evil. Many of them sing in choir. That's what Jesus said would take place. Female flesh. They're flesh and blood. They're not gods. To my opinion, God forgive me if I'm wrong, it's a wholesale striptease. You can't hardly blame a man if he's not a, a Christian. But what would fall and fall into temptations into such a place that he would do something wrong because he could not hold himself. It's amazing that there's not more ravish that goes on because so many of it, the women's in for it. But if it wasn't, how could you blame the man? Put blame where blame belongs. Woman say, uh, Brother Branham, I miss his morals. I have no doubt about that. But my sister, do you know that you're going to answer at the day of judgment for committing adultery when you throw yourself out there and man look upon you? He said, whosoever looketh upon a woman to lust after her has committed adultery with her. Already in his heart will have to answer for it. And maybe you didn't do the act. But if you permit Satan to put that spirit on you when nature itself ought to teach you that's wrong. Without the Spirit of God, nature should do it. Teach you that's wrong. I predict that soon they'll come out with one of these things to just be a fig leaf again. I predicted that 30 years ago. Some insult to the Bible. They'll do it. It's public striptease. Now, the devil does the same to the sons of God today. That's right. What's our businesses? Most of our businesses is controlled by women. Lots of them. That's right. Look at our churches. Look at our nation. How the sons of God bow low at the shrine of these things, these women. When they're 
to me, it's no more than public harlots. That's an awful thing to say, but it's the naked truth. I know that people here in these tapes and things will say these things, but how can you do it if you present yourself like that and man look up on you that Jesus said you've committed adultery with him? And when that man has to answer for committing adultery, who did it? Whose fault is it? It's the woman that stripped herself like that and produced herself or presented herself before that sinner. That's right. What is the sign of? The end time. The red light. Motherhood's broke. Nations are breaking. Now, if you want to see where Jesus said that, read Matthew 5, 28. That's where it was at. Female life has been the cause and form of falling upon that sexual power has been the ruin. If you want to trace back, here's some nations that I trace back their fall. One was Egypt, Assyria, Rome, and what more? Fell by the power of women. Notice, there is nothing that God could give a man outside of salvation better than a nice wife. There's no man can console, no, no person can console a person. When they're tired, they won't confide in anyone like they do their own wife. And what a fortunate thing you brothers are when you've got a nice little wife that's clean and upright and moral, and you can come in when you're tired and weary and sit down, and she can talk to you, she can do more with you than anybody else. Right. She's a jewel. She's a queen. But remember, woman was made for man, not man for woman. The last created being that God ever created was a man. A woman is a byproduct from a man. And she was made for man, not man made for the woman, and vice versa around it. Man falls at the shrine of women. That was the very thing that started it at the beginning. That's what happened in the beginning. When God's son, Adam, could not be tempted to doing what was wrong, Satan come into a person called the serpent, which is like a man. And that's where it started. And Eve got from behind the word of God, and that caused every heartache, every graveyard, every sin that was ever committed started right there. Here it is again. What women was the cause of the first fall and women ends up the time. She started, she ends it. No one of the Bible said those that escape out of Zion shall be glorious in the sight of the Lord. When in Isaiah 5 he talked about how the immorals of the women would get in the last days and how they'd be so much clothes they had to have and how they'd have to have their hair set and everything like that. The Bible speaks that. Isaiah 5. How she walked with high heels. She was on tickling her feet as she went along and she'd roll down her stockings and the things she would do. A many changeable set, uh, apparel and stuff like that. And said all that will be taken away from her. And she shall sit and stink from immoral. It said, even seven women will grab one man and said, we'll do our own work. Let us just take your name to take away our reproach. But he said, how glorious will that little branch that escapes all these things of holiness unto the Lord. And that day, when real genuine wine born again women 
know their place, though they be laughed at and called silly and old-fashioned and everything, but act like a woman, like a lady, stand like a woman, dress like a woman, talk like a woman, live like a lady. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. Amen. That means so be it. Don't get scared and don't hurt you. All right. Jesus' own words said what would happen. That great display. Also, he said in the days of Lot, if you want to mark that scripture down, it's Luke 17, 28. He said, they were eating, drinking, they bought, they sold. Ordinarily, these are legitimate things. But watch. Uh, and that uh, they occupied. But they put all uh, the, their mind on it. And in the days of Lot, women were so low in their mark until they were not used as women should be used. But they were perverted until they, it becomes so common that women become so common that they, they man live with man. The natural perversion from the sex cells had changed its position because that women had become so cheap. A few days ago, I was over to Tucson, went to get a loaf of bread, and there's a boy sitting out there, and two little boys in the car, and they come and get a pack of cigarettes. The old gray-headed gentleman looked down and said, Who's these cigarettes for, your mother? I said, No, it's for that boy. He said, Is he old enough to have them? I said, Yes, sir. He looked back like that, and I stand with a loaf of bread and a quart of milk, watching, and he walked, said, All right, he gave it to him. He looked back to me and said, I doubt that. I said, He can't get old enough to do it. He's too. He ain't old enough at any age. He said, I'll agree with you. He said, do you, do you have a hard time trying to quit him? I said, I never did start him. I said, I never did start him. I said, my parents smoked and used tobacco, but the Lord God kept me from it. He turned and looked at me. It's kind of strange. And he said, well, it's, I think it's a rotten shame today to see a house that used to be we put women on a pedestal. said, we honored her. We took off her hat in her presence. We walk down the streets and gentlemen, when you hear somebody make a remark about a certain woman, they'd slap him down. See? And said they honored women. But he said, Sir, women has brought it on themselves. Said now they don't get up, used to get up in a streetcar, a lady get up, every man to take his head off and let her sit down. Said now it's pushed crowds said they brought it on themselves. And that's the truth. That devil hole of Hollywood got her, produced it out on the televisions and magazines, so the thing has become a great big pot of filth. Why? I know that ain't popper saying, but it's true saying. It's the truth. It's the word of the Lord and also a warning sign that Christ will come in this generation. The ones that sees this come to pass will not pass out until all these things be fulfilled. That both heavens and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. It's a warning. Red lights flashing. Drop of the curtain. We're at the end time. As we get towards the end of this episode, we'll end with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for Your Word, and we thank Thee for the words of wisdom that we got today, and telling us, for who knoweth what is good for man in this life, or the days of his vain life, which he spendeth as a shadow. 
for who can tell a man what shall be after him under the sun? So Father, we recognize the vanity of our lives and how, like Job said, all flesh is like grass. And Father, so we don't put importance in our lives and, 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 for, and forsake your word, but we recognize that as you taught us that heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall never pass away. And you taught us that he that believeth in you hath passed from death unto life. So we thank thee, Father, for thy Holy Spirit in our hearts that is already quickened us, Lord, in potentiality. And we know that when we shall return to catch your bride away, we shall be quickly changed. And those who are asleep shall go ahead of us. They shall rise up and we shall meet them in the air. So help us to be continually faithful, faithful soldiers of the cross. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We hope to continue to earn your viewership throughout the year as we read the Bible from cover to cover. To make this a better listening experience for you, would really appreciate your feedback. So please email us at honeyintherock2020 at gmail.com. We also have accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So please follow us, share our pages, and subscribe. Now we'll leave you with the parting song. God richly bless you.
fights the greatest battle ever fought. Satan against God's work, and I believe it's gonna happen. Mm, it'll happen. I do Ever since it's about all said and done. 